Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of What Are You Talking About? Today my guest is Teja Pachevez. She is a three times CrossFit Games athlete, winning the top spot twice with CrossFit Mayhem. She is an incredible athlete and coach and tells so many amazing stories about her time at Mayhem and more. We really hope you enjoy the episode and as always, don't forget to like, rate and subscribe to be the first to hear all about our new episodes and content. Enjoy! Welcome to the show, Teja. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, It's so great to chat. I know that your kind of CrossFit career has spanned so many different areas um, and kind of genres, so to speak. Um, But as with every episode, I just I love to start at the beginning. I know you have a kind of competitive background uh, with gymnastics. What was kind of just starting from scratch growing up like for you with sport? Yeah, so gymnastics was a huge part of my life. I started competing, I guess maybe not competing when I was five, but I got introduced to the sport at age five and um, was really passionate about going far as far as I could with it. As a young girl, I, you know, everyone, I don't say everyone, but most girls had this dream of the Olympics. So that was, you know, my passion. And I really dedicated a lot of time and energy to gymnastics and um yeah it taught me a lot it taught me a lot in life I was able to go on and compete in college at the University of New Hampshire doing gymnastics and then after shortly after college I transitioned to CrossFit so it was definitely a big part of my life and did you think it kind of set you up at a young age for being a competitive athlete because when you start so young I suppose And I think with gymnastics, you do like fun and friendly competitions, right? When you're like five, six years old, like I remember doing them when I was younger and being like, this is really fun. Do you think you, that competitive edge was set in you from quite a young age? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wonder how much is like, I guess, created and how much is innate, but I was very competitive from a young age. And even I have three siblings. So between all of us just competing, whether it was at home with my brothers and sister or in the gym, being a competitive person has like been in my blood since as long as I can remember. And obviously it paid off, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it helped you to get where you are, I suppose. So um, it was, you see, you said after college, you found CrossFit. And I think it's it's something around because it was at 2013 you discovered it around that time. And that was obviously when it was starting to grow a lot more. And I speak to a lot of people who have that kind of time where, you know, their gymnastics careers maybe ended or their career in another sport. And it seemed quite a natural transition. How did you kind of discover CrossFit and decide that that was what you wanted to start? Yeah, so ironically enough, I didn't plan to be competitive. I really was looking for some place to just work out because being a gymnast growing up, I always had somebody telling me what to do for fitness. So I never really had to think much about what I needed to do. And once I graduated college, I was in a weird space where I was like, I guess I don't really know how to train myself exactly, even though I've spent all these years in gymnastics, which is kind of a specific type of training. Um, so I had gone into running just cause I felt like running was a good thing to do. And a friend at the time was doing CrossFit and he asked me to do a scaled partner competition with him. And I said, never heard of CrossFit, but if I'm going to do a competition, I want to like try it out and see what it's all about. And so I had gone to a gym in New Hampshire. I was living there at the time and just joined 
started doing CrossFit and I'll never forget my first scale competition. <laughs> it was so hard. I was like, oh my gosh, what is this stuff? And just the, naturally the progression of being competitive just in class. I only did classes for the first year. Um, just really enjoying that and like having that drive of getting better and getting better quickly at certain things was um, really what led me to eventually compete. Did it obviously when you start, as you say, like you're always competitive. It's one of them things with CrossFit, like you're never going to be the best at everything, right? How hard is that when you go from being like a competitive gymnast where you've probably nailed most things and you're pretty good at it to then going and so much being new and you kind of are not the best, I suppose, when you first walk in, how, how do you like prepare for that? And how do you deal with that? So I actually really enjoyed it in a lot of ways because at the time, like I said, I hadn't planned to like measure myself necessarily against other people. And when I started doing classes consistently, I was seeing improvements within myself very quickly. Um, so that part of it of like going from, you know, you have like newbie gains. I don't know if they talk about those a lot, but like when you first start and you've never done it, once you start getting technique down and learning new things, your progression is fast. And then as you get fitter, it, I don't want to say it stalls, but it's just like smaller um, gains at that point. So in the beginning, it just felt so exciting. And um, I'll never forget just, I was in a really great gym atmosphere. My CrossFit gym had such a great community and there was like a group of competitors that was there, but I was still kind of like, I don't know if that's my thing. Like, this is fun. I'm just enjoying, um, kind of seeing my body change and work really hard and get new skills that I never even thought I would be training for. At what point did you realize that you were like, oh, okay, I'm pretty good at this. I could potentially compete at a at a higher level. I suppose because it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but your first games was 2016, right? And 2015 was when the first documentary was filmed and came out. So it completely like skyrocketed the, you know, the fascination around CrossFit and the amount of people doing it. But at what stage for you did you think actually like, oh, I'm quite good. I could go to the next level. I could I could potentially get to regionals or the games. Like, where did it change for you? So in 2014, I I had joined CrossFit in 2013, February, and I jumped in like maybe a month before the Open. So I competed in the Open. I have no idea. My placement was like something not good. And then in 2014, just from doing classes for a year, I finished in, at the time it was the Northeast regional. They took top 45 from each different regional and I finished like 60, I think I was like 65th or something. So they took videos for the top 60. And I remember being like, wow, I've, you know, been doing classes. I haven't, I was dedicating effort and time for sure, but my focus wasn't training and to come in right outside the bubble of like 20 places to qualify to regionals after that open, I said, I remember saying to myself, I'm going to qualify regionals. Like, that's what I want to do. I went to the Northeast regionals that year and watched, I had some people at the gym who had qualified. And I remember just sitting there as like outside. And I think it was like the Boston area. I can't even remember, but it was an outdoor regional and just watching it and being like, I can do this. Like really having this passion lit in me of like, okay, this looks fun. I love CrossFit. I love competing and I really wanted to do it. And, um, 
from 2014 to 2015, I dedicated a lot of time, actually switched gyms to a more competitive coach. Um, I changed up my work schedule because before that I was working two jobs. So like training wasn't (laughs) really as conducive and was able to qualify to regionals in 2015, which was like so awesome. Yeah, it was, I, I love regionals and I I'm glad that it's now like this season and it's kind of becoming more regionals vibes now I and I really loved it because I think one more obviously you got to see more people and it becomes a bigger goal but it just seemed so fun but like how because it's it's a very different vibe right competing and I could be wrong here but a gymnastics meet or whatever you know there's a lot of different things going on at once which is similar in CrossFit but you're also doing the exact same thing as everyone lined up next to you how how different was it competing in a CrossFit perspective like your first big regional stage what was the experience like oh yeah it was very different I think you know in gymnastics you train specifically your one routine on whichever event that same routine over and over and over again to perform it to as best you can Whereas CrossFit, they give you something you're supposed to do and you kind of have to figure it out along the way. And um, I don't think I anticipated the pressure I would feel in 2015 because that year leading up to it, I'd been named like the dark horse, like Tommy Marquez had named me the dark horse to like qualify. And there was all this external pressure that I wasn't really used to. Um, you know, I did well in gymnastics, but it kind of was, I guess, more under the radar. There wasn't all this, like social media was kind of starting to pick up. There are all these different factors at play. And I'll never forget, I had qualified um, pretty well in the region. So I was in the top heat for day one at 2015. And I had a massive adrenaline dump. I performed so poorly, like as comparison to my training times, I completely blew up. And that was a reality check. Uh, that I needed to become, you know, be better composed and to have a plan and to just like learn how to manage the pressure because it was a different experience than what I had done before. And, um, it was a blessing in the end because it taught me a lot that regionals not qualifying to the games. Um, and it set me up for a very special 20. I'm so sorry. That's my dog. Um, but yeah, it was really great. It's funny, isn't it? Because as you say, like a blessing in disguise, these these are things that we think we put so much pressure on and we really want to achieve. Do you think had you qualified for the games that year, like do you think you would have been ready or do you think actually, no, you needed that extra year to be in the best position you could to get to the games? Absolutely. Um. So yes, I do think I needed that year for sure. It's a big lesson for myself and it set me up for 2016 to be more prepared. So 2015, I really went through a lot as far as transition, just into the space of being more competitive and doing these things. And without that, I do think I would not have performed as well as I did in 2016, which I would say it was a really good year. It was such a good year for a rookie year. Like, I don't think it takes a lot now, I think, for rookies to kind of even top 20. <laughs> and you had such a good performance. Um, what was what was it like going into, because it was, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the only games you've done as an individual, right? 2016, yes. and it was your first game. What was what was that experience like, kind of going onto the big stage um, as an individual? Because we'll talk about the team stuff separately. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So 2016, um, it was a very exciting year for me. It was very like, I don't want to say petrifying, but just showing up at the CrossFit games and 
you know, the way in which I qualified, I was kind of like a bubble going in and it was like, okay, do, am I really ready? Am I really prepared? I had a lot of doubts and a lot of questions just building up as far as what the stage would be like from regionals to the CrossFit games. And um, I think I went in with a really good headspace as far as like, I'm just going to do the best that I can and hope that, you know, it's enough. And on the field, there were a lot of different things that year that really played into it. Like they flew us to Aromas and we competed like with no spectators in Aromas and then flew back. It was, I think the only year at the games where there was no rest day, we went Wednesday, Thursday, I think we went Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So it was definitely a big year in 2016. And um, I'll never forget Castro at our welcome dinner being like, this is going to be the hardest CrossFit games ever. And um, he says that I'm pretty sure every CrossFit games, but um, so it was a great experience to just navigate some of those stresses and pressures. And honestly, looking back as in comparison to team, I felt a lot more pressure competing on team, but it was still a lot more fun. So individual, I, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed, I really liked the idea of like, it's on me. So if I do poorly, I'm not letting down other people. It's just me, myself. Um, so it was, it was a really cool experience. And I think competing that year as an individual is not only one of the reasons why mayhem, um, asked me to be a part of the team. Cause without that, they, I wouldn't even, even been on their radar. Um, but it set me up to go into the team competition and have a feel of what the CrossFit games were going to be about. Yeah. Cause I suppose, right. You go and you, you've no idea the lay of the land. You don't know how far it is from like your warm up. And I think one of the things that a lot of people mention, and I suppose it's similar with regionals on the games, but you end up warming up and then have to like wait for ages. And is that, was that still the case then? Like how, how things change from training to the games? What was the difference? Yeah. So the games, it's still like that. I think they've gotten better over the years, like back in Carson, um, cause I competed in Carson as an individual and then I competed in Madison as uh, a team. And it's part of it is really just learning how to be okay with that. And, you know, with your adrenaline and stuff going, it ends up being okay. Everyone seems to work out just fine with the extra waiting time, but it definitely is a transition as far as from being in training to being at the CrossFit games and getting your mind right. I think the mental side of it is really huge because, um, you have to be in a good mental space, especially when you're sitting still about to go out into the field. And if you don't have that mental fortitude, if you're not able to reframe, maybe some thoughts you're having that are negative or any of that, it's going to affect you on the floor. So really training that mental space is, I think a lot of the difference about going into those competitions when you have all that extra time. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you mentioned mayhem there. So coming out of 2016 individual, what were your goals going forward? Like, were you, I'm going to go back to individual next year. Did you have a plan? What was, what was the goal when you finished um, your kind of rookie season? Yeah. So for sure, individual, I was like, it lit a huge fire in me from getting 15th. I was okay. I'm all in for this. I want to go, you know, top 10, top five, like I felt really passionate about it. I felt super healthy at the 2016 games. Um, and then 2017 was quite a wild year. I ended up tearing my labrum and my shoulder, which was a pretty major tear. I got sick during the open. And so I felt like I had a lot of setbacks, like really soon after competing. Um, 
And so that was really hard. And even with those setbacks, I still had my mind on, okay, 2018, I'm going to compete as an individual. And even when Mayhem originally reached out, I was, which is crazy to think about, but I was kind of on the fence because I really loved individual and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go team, you know, because at the time it was like, well, if I go team, will I be able to go back to individual? And um, it definitely, it was the right route to take. And I'm so happy I did, but uh, my plan was individual for <laughs> until the end of time, really. That's so crazy to think because obviously you've had such a successful career as a team. And I think, I almost think as spectators in particular and people are fans of CrossFit, a lot of people don't realize how serious and how impressive the team competition is from an outset. Like most of these people on teams would c- compete easily as individuals and smash, smash it out of the park. Like there's no mean feat in how good these teams are. Was there ever, like, did that ever cross your mind at all? Or was it just, no, I kind of just want to do it on my own? Like, was there anything to set, to kind of compare, I suppose? So I definitely just felt like I had it more in me as an individual. And even when I was in discussions with Mayhem about coming there, they were like, you know, just come compete Team 2018. And then you can always go back individual after. And so, like, that was kind of my thought process was, It wasn't necessarily that I thought less of team, but I just knew I had more in me as an individual and so many like weaknesses that I wanted to correct to go into competing as an individual. And, um, you know, that wasn't my destiny for sure. Once I competed my first year with team, I was hooked. I, (laughs) I was like, I'm obsessed with this. This is so much fun. Um, just training in an environment where like everyone really is pushing for, you know, winning. And that's partly the pressure that was really challenging for me, especially my first years coming in, they had gotten second in 2017. And so for Rich and Mayhem, it was like, there was a silver medal hanging up in the barn every day of like, we aren't getting second again. And I put it, it was a lot of self-inflicted pressure. Like they weren't putting that pressure on me externally, but just feeling like, okay, we're not getting second again. I'm the only new person on the team. (laughs) So (laughs) if it's like, if we go down, it's going to be all on me. And that wasn't the case. And I was able to correct that mindset going into 2019, which made it a much more enjoyable year. Um, But yeah, it was the team setting is, man, there's some amazing athletes that still are to this day. And personally, I feel like the workouts are, I don't want to say they're harder, but you push, you go to a place that you don't necessarily always go as an individual because, um, you do have to sell your soul and then let somebody else take over. Whereas individual, it's a little bit more methodical. It's a little bit more like you can't, you don't want to get to points where you're completely selling your soul, unless it's at the end of a workout or something really short because it's only you, you're not going to get a break. You're not going to get rest. We're in team. There's a lot of, I have a few workouts specifically where I literally was like, I might die <laughs> on the CrossFit games floor. And you just kept going somehow because you had these people right beside you. So. Are you stuck at a plateau and without a recent PB? Mergs has you covered. Bringing you the highest performance CrossFit and weightlifting equipment on the market, Mergs is your secret weapon to set a new best. Whether that's knee sleeves, grips or tape, 
Mergs has everything you need to stay protected and performing. Head over to mergs.com now and save 15% on all orders with the code WAD15. I cannot imagine the pressure of being in a team with the name Mayhem. <laughs> like they have, so, I mean, still obviously to this day, such a reputation. And particularly when you compete alongside someone like Rich, who is like, at that time was the fittest in the world. You know, he's everything. How, like, how do you, as you say, I know you said you switched your mindset. How do you do that? Because do you get like imposter syndrome walking in and training with them? Like when you initially started, I'm sure I know you're definitely, you know, you've been there for years now. I'm <laughs> sure it's not the same anymore. But when you initially kind of walked in and and, moved, and like made it also made a move, right? Because you moved, uprooted your life for CrossFit. Like how does that all, how do you manage the pressure and like the goals of that? Yeah. So year one in 2018, I wouldn't say I managed it poorly, but I wouldn't say I managed it well. It was, um, yeah, just a lot of mental work, really. I walked in just with this, you know, this glossy eyed, I'm going to go to mayhem. I'm going to get so fit. It's going to be so amazing. And, you know, all those things did happen, but the reality is it was very challenging. I had lifted up my entire life, moved there. I was still rehabbing a torn labrum. I had questions about my own, my own personal fitness. Like, would I come back the same after my labrum? Would I be able to learn how to swim? I started diving into swimming there like consistently, which I was a huge weakness for me coming to mayhem. And so I had a lot of support there as far as, um, Jim Hensel, he runs mayhem mindset. He was a very incremental piece in that of just working on reframing some of those negative thoughts and reminding myself of the truth. And honestly, because of my competitive nature, I would just show up every day <laughs> and try to win the day and do the best that I could that day. And, um, you know, I have, I don't have regrets looking back on my training, what I did. It's funny when you're hindsight, you can see, okay, maybe coming in and training exactly as rich running training is not the best for me, like not taking rest days and doing these things, you know, looking back at my younger self, I can say, okay, we probably would have done better with more consistent rest and all these other things. But, you know, it was just the excitement of it all and really trying to dive into that. So it was a lot of mental work, a lot of just reframing support from people who are there. And then even going out into the competition floor of like bringing myself to the present moment. That's something that's so huge in competition that helped me a lot was like, kind of just forgetting about everything else and just being in the moment of what I was supposed to do and then worrying about the next thing. And that helped a lot. Yeah. I, I can't, I can only imagine like walking in. I think even like you look at videos of mayhem and people walking in and it just must be kind of so daunting, but they have so much support there, right. To get you, to get you through. How did it change? So obviously 2018, they were back on top of the podium. You were in the team how did the pressure change going into 2019 when you've you've done it they were back on top where they you know everyone wanted to be how did that change for you did you feel better going into 2019 less pressure what was it like I definitely felt a lot better in 2019 so the year leading up um that was with China Dre and Rich and we all because it had gone back or it became super team but 
um, me, Dre, and Rich trained together consistently. And Haley, at the time, she would sub in for China, and then China would fly back and forth. So um, our I had been there secure, like I had built relationship with the people who were there. So it was less of like trying to figure out people and more of like, okay, this is who I am. I'm here to work hard. Like Rich knew that. And um, we really wanted to win and we felt a lot more pressure in 2019 because it was super teams that year. So we had all these like games athletes who were just forming these teams. And, you know, I would say the pressure was definitely still there, but I just was able to navigate it and comment a lot more as far as like just being more mature athlete and recognizing that we had done so much training and so much work in 2019. I mean, just thinking back to, we couldn't have done any more. And so going out and being like the amount of muscle ups I've done, the amount of swimming I've done, like I've done everything that I could possibly do. So there was a lot more freedom in competition that year because I didn't feel as though I had missed a step, you know, I'd been there for the last year and a half, rather than when I joined in 2018, I joined right at the beginning of the year when the deadline was for affiliate. So it was like maybe six months or something that I was there. Um, so I had substantial time and just the building of relationship with uh, Dre and Rich and China made it just so much fun. So it was definitely a good year. It's looking back and you see like that super team year was so interesting on so many levels. And, you know, I think everyone can kind of think what they want opinions on it. But at the end of the day, you're just watching some really cool athletes like throw down. Is there obviously, as you say, three of you trained together a lot of the time. How helpful is that on a on a team um, to have that consistency with your with your teammates? Yeah, I think it's like so helpful. I think it makes a huge difference. And um, just knowing each other, like there, by the time we got to the games, I just could read people. I could read Dre's body language. I could read Rich's body language. I could know, you know, when I should slow down versus like where they could pick up. It becomes almost this game of like, you don't need to speak much because you can read each other where you're at. And um that's what made it really fun, I think. And I know, I don't want to speak for Dre, Trine, and Rich, but I know that year was just so fun because it was very, although everyone was super team and separate, for the most part, we were very much an affiliate. And even China flew down, I think it was once or twice a month. Like she was there pretty often. Um, and so just having a lot of fun. And when Haley was in subbing for China, like Haley and I would compete against Rich and Dre and uh, just knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses and trying to beat them. And like, I don't say manipulate the workout, but like manipulate your strategy so that like together with somebody else, you could beat them. Um, yeah, I think it makes a huge difference and just even personality and even having fun and just, we had so much fun laughing and joking and really just everyone being so competitive and wanting to put each other in the dirt that sometimes <laughs> I'm like, maybe we push too hard on days. Like, we would show up and be like, Hey guys, let's today. We don't got, we we're going to work hard. We're going to do the work, but we don't need to like bury each other. And then it just would be like, well, I guess we're in the middle of a workout. Everyone's <laughs> trying to bury each other. So um, it was a good time. It looks so fun. I often will see like mayhems behind the scenes, like YouTube. And it's like, everyone looks like they're like dying every day. 
just yes like, that's accurate <laughs> <laughs> there is there's no kind of scaling there's like I'm like oh I'm gonna go easy but no it <laughs> just goes yeah. full send yes. um, but but what an experience but you know two years standing on top of that podium with kind of I suppose friends and family around you um so 2020 the like the dreaded year that no one wants to talk about in in history now <laughs> obviously everything changed um particularly with the games there was no live team competition there was only five finalists etc how at what point in your season did you decide that your role was going to change everything changed because you obviously coach uh Hayley Adams who that was her first year as an individual am I right um, I believe it was her second as a an adult and then an she adult, had competed as a teenager before that yeah so obviously the cross crossfit in general had changed that year and the rhythm of the season had changed but at what point did you change from kind of athlete to coach what was your relationship and how did that kind of all develop throughout that year I suppose Sure. Yeah. So we had been training to compete in 2020 as a team all the way up until I think it was like around 4th of July because they had announced that teams wouldn't compete at the games because of everything happening. But Rich was planning like a, you know, pseudo games at Mayhem. And so we were still training fully until about July. And um, at that point, I was training with Haley because Haley was preparing to go. I don't, I can't remember exactly the timeline if she had already qualified yet or, or was still training to qualify. Um, so we are training together all the time. Haley and I, and we'd become really close over 2019 just as training partners. And so it was like official. Okay. We're not competing teams at all. There's just, it's just not going to happen, but the individuals are continuing on and Haley qualified in such an incredible fashion. And um although you know rich was doing like primarily all the programming she got to bring one person to the games and so at the time it was like you know who do you bring to the games and um I just had been we had just been really close and together and so she had asked me to go and I of course like absolutely would support her in anything that she was doing and um, so I got to go to 2020 games, which was like such a wild experience because there were so few people there um, and no crowd. And it was just very interesting. Um, but it just kind of formed really naturally over the course of just being a support system for Haley and being her friend. Um, and so I was grateful to support her and I would literally support her like in anything, you know, that she wanted from now until the end of time. So I'm happy to be that for her right it was that must have been such a full circle moment for you as well going back to aromas like in a different capacity it was so interesting watching it I cannot imagine being there like what was the vibe like was it like it almost looking back it almost looked a bit awkward at times because <laughs> there was literally like silence <laughs> what was it actually like when you were there so it was partly a very high stress vibe, but that was because um, everyone was navigating all the testing, you know, because, you know, it was like masks. And I remember right before we left, like a couple of people like Rory had to not come because he had tested positive. And so it was like, there was a lot of just fear around getting other people sick and ruining, like having someone having to be removed from competition. Or if you, if I were to test positive or something, they would remove me, you know? So there was like, this layer of, I would say, just 
anxiety and fear. But then it was also very fun because it was very intimate. They, um, I got to spend time with other coaches and the other athletes that were there. Same with Haley. I think Haley said is one of her favorite experiences because it was so intimate and like the things, the attention and stuff that like the support that was there was a little bit different. And those girls and guys that are competing, they don't need the crowd, right? Like the crowd's great and they all love the crowd. Um, but there is this grit to it, like the silence of competing that I thought was also beautiful in a way of just seeing these people, like they don't need all the flashy glamor. Um, as a, from the coaching side, it felt filled with pressure because <laughs> there's like a lot more eyes on the coaches than <laughs> in typical fashion, you know, at the CrossFit games in 2021, 2022, you know, I'm with Haley until she gets to the corral. And then at the corral, it's like, okay, you know, bye. I'll see you. See after you later. <laughs> Whereas in 2020, it was a lot of very close quarters of like, she is asking for my support in the competition and I can give her support, like in the competition where that's not really realistic when your coach is up in the crowd somewhere in a Coliseum to get support directly from that. So, um, I definitely feel like I got thrown into it in some ways. Luckily I had some coaching experience and also I just knew Haley really well and had experience at Aromas, um, competing there. So I felt like I was able to give her some good insight and support during those games. Uh, but it was a, it was definitely very interesting CrossFit games. <laughs> it must've been, it was still fun to watch though. And it's amazing that they, they created that still um so did obviously you say you were kind of thrown into it did you naturally then progressively go okay cool this really works I'm gonna be your coach like how was that decision made after the games yeah so I had that year decided I wasn't going to come back to competing I was dealing with some health issues um and so I had told Haley it was a really good experience for I guess both of us as far as like she felt really comfortable with me being there with her, you know, and supporting her in the back and being able to answer any questions that she needs that it just was a natural transition for uh, me to continue helping her. And like I said, she had a lot of support as far as like programming and stuff from Rich and Mayhem and other things, but really just being her support system. Um, it was just natural. And uh, like I said, I, you know, Haley and I are still really close and I would support her no matter what, what she did. So it was just a very natural progression to continue to do that. And I'm really grateful that she trusts me and that I was able to be that for her at the CrossFit Games, which is like the pinnacle of what she does. So I was grateful for the opportunity. It is, I think coaches within CrossFit become like as, as fans of, of the sport, you learn the coaches and kind of them as much as you learn the athletes, right? And I, I love that about like coverage. They'll often show the coaches like it sticks in my mind. I, th I think it was 2021 semis when there was the snatch event and it was obviously a massive, massive PR for Haley. but the, your reaction and it, that reaction and the kind of communication between the two of you, it's so special. And I think within CrossFit, particularly when athletes get to kind of your level and the elite level, it's really coaches are valued kind of from a fan perspective as well. Do you feel that um, when you're coaching as well or when you're at the events? Yeah, I, I feel definitely as we're valued and, you know, um, in a good way, I think that CrossFit does such a great job and the community is so cool about supporting 
like all the athletes and the coaches in that regard. And, um, that literally, when I think about my CrossFit experience, Haley hitting that snatch is like, (laughs) it's above me winning the CrossFit games. Like just seeing hard work of someone that you love and care about come to fruition, uh, it's really, it's really joy filled. And, um, it makes me emotional even just thinking about just, you get to see the truth of what these athletes go through when you're a coach or your support system for them in some way. And you see the blood, the sweat, the tears, like the things that others really, they only get to see the show and the what's happening on the field. And so, um, to see how hard she had worked for that moment and then for her to miss her first, <laughs> miss her first attempt and then hit it was, um, really fulfilling for me as her friend and coach at that time. So yeah, I do feel like we're valued. And I think that's really special about the CrossFit community, um, that there is like, you know, I think about some of the amazing coaches like Jeffrey Adler's coach, who's the first female to win the CrossFit Games. Like how cool is that for her to be a representation um, of that? And then even just the coaches that I've been able to meet and spend time with is, yeah, I've learned so much and gained so much knowledge and wisdom from them that it's really valuable. It's such a, such an important role in anyone's life uh, and particularly within CrossFit. Um, And I know nowadays, you are coaching kind of in a different capacity slightly um tell us about what you are what you're doing now what your mission is now um with your business sure yeah so I own a nutrition coaching company called resilient wellness and um it's really a holistic approach to help women mostly I hope men and women but um I have a passion for women especially just to heal their bodies and just learn to love their bodies and to, you know, eat wonderful foods and enjoy life. And really it's a well-rounded approach to educate better on nutrition and help people with one-on-one nutrition coaching. Um, and I'm also building out a membership that would be, um, like I said, a holistic approach. So there's going to be educational nutrition content, some at-home workouts, weekly devotionals, um, live Q&A so I can have just a greater reach. Cause right now as a coach, I take on only one-on-one clients and I love that. That's still going to be a method that I, um, partake in, but as one person, you can only take on so many clients, you know, and give them the one-on-one divided attention they deserve. So I wanted to build something that I could reach more people. Um, and so, yeah, I'm coming out with a membership that will be at the end of September uh, that will be a much cheaper entry rate, but there's also one-on-one coaching and it's really, um, you know, I have a big focus on body image and food freedom and just like finding joy in life. It's so important and it, it's so great. So anyone listening, go, go and check it out because even I like, I love even what you put out on social media is so helpful. And so, uh, kind of amazing to, not just anyone doing CrossFit, but as you say, women in general and men, but <laughs> I have to class them. Um, but it, it's amazing and best of luck with, with all the all the newness. Um, I've got a couple of quick fire questions that I ask everyone. I know you've listened, so you would have heard them. Um, I'm going to throw some out there for you before I let you go. So firstly, when you are competing or not necessarily just competing, training, what is your favorite lift? Definitely the snatch. I always loved um, just the technicality of the snatch. And 
Um, I think that's what I performed best at too when I was competing. So that always makes it a little bit more exciting and fun. There's always like a little win there. Like, yeah, that that fits well. <laughs> yes. Um, and as you said, like, I know we've just discussed Haley's one, but there's nothing better than watching someone hit a snatch like that just nails it. Yes, absolutely. What about your favorite overall movement? So definitely legless rope climbs. I always love them when they come up in competition and um yeah anytime is like okay I love these I can't wait to do them so <laughs> amazing um I know they are done quite a lot at Mayhem but your favorite benchmark CrossFit workout so DT I think DT I know it's considered a hero workout but I still would say DT anything that's all barbell I want it <laughs> <laughs> amazing and this may be a tough question for you considering you've had two pretty dream teams but if you were to go back to the games on a team and you could build a dream team around you who would you have next to you so I would definitely choose my team from 2019 I think you know I'm never coming out of retirement but I joke <laughs> that if anything would get me out of retirement it would be uh to repeat that team with Jay, Dre China and Rich because it was yeah it was it was just the best it was so much fun Amazing. I'm going to throw in one that I've never asked before, but coaching or competing? That's a really hard question because I feel like they don't fall on the same lines, but I'm going to go with my gut of like my life right now. And I would say coaching for sure. It's just helping people achieve their dreams and seeing the back end. Like I know I already said about the hard work that goes in is just so fulfilling um, that I'd have to go with coaching. Amazing. Well, I cannot thank you enough for your time and for sharing your stories with us. I wish you so much success with the new the new project, the new business. Uh, it's so amazing. And just thank you so, so much for, for being here and for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time chatting with you. 